whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars! Bobby scores! It's a good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. The good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. All right, here we go. Second period. We got frozen water. We got guys with skates on. Like, honest to God, hockey players playing hockey. That's cool. Sounds good to me. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. A lot of cool stuff coming up this hour. One of our faves. Absolute one of our favorite guests, Dennis Bernstein. Seconds away. Why, why, why are we waiting? Well, we should take care of our friends over at John Smith Subs. Okay. Because they do the $1,000 Raiders game day giveaway. No, no, no. All right, that's terrible, Herbs. Yeah. Sorry. I'm taking care of everybody. <laughs> I could see. Huh? Yeah, go to John Smith. Larry, Larry at John Smith Subs just drove up the road. I'm giving $1,000 away. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all right, let's start over. Yeah, okay. Reboot. Take two. I like that. Let's see if Larry will give a thousand bucks away. <laughs> no. There's no wheel. Terrible herbs giving a thousand away. Raiders game today giveaway. They'll be doing some hockey stuff too. All right. See, I went to the dentist this morning. All right. So you're I'm moderately you're, delirious. You're because, no, not, not because of the dentist, because of me that I I overcame this big oh, hurdle okay. for me. All right. Uh, that's true. I'm serious. This is like a big thing for me. Yes, I know. And then, and then you know what? And the dentist and his assistant, Melissa, mm-hmm. Jonathan White's his name on Sahara, by the way. Mm-hmm. They were so cool. Like I said, I, I, I mean, I'm... Whatever. I'm You're not, you. I, yeah. I mean, you I mean, walk in there. No, I mean, I played sports. I'm not, I'm not afraid of many things. I, I got a dentist thing happening. That's why, God bless hockey players, when these guys get slick during a game and they go back in and, you know, yeah. stitch them up and they come back out. I'm yeah. going, God bless those guys. And they go, wouldn't want to be them tomorrow morning Correct. going to the dentist. Correct. Well, and your mouth is pretty darn sore, too. Yeesh. But I'm, I'm John Smith subs, I can eat food again. I've been eating soup for six days. I broke a crown. Was basically what happened. All right. So, all right. So you're going I felt over, like a hockey player. You're, at, you're <laughs> heading over to John Smith's after the show. To get the two not, for one. But today, buy one sub, get one free. And Oasis 4955 South Decatur. Don't forget the Monday Night Maniacs over there. All right. And downtown at the Golden Nugget, Jane the Americans on the 24th, and the Saltgrass Steakhouse. Tony Miller and the gang, everybody down at the Golden Nugget downtown. All right. Thanks to them. We love talking hockey with you. Take care of our friends so we can dive right in and concentrate and we concentrate, and our antennas are up, right? Okay. We're, we're listening on, ev- on every Walston when you do that, huh? When, whenever you say the antennas are up, my favorite Martian. Yeah, I immediately. No, go but to you Ray and Wolf. I know what Dennis knows what that means. I mean, yeah. half the stuff we say, right? I mean, people are like way over their heads, 25, yeah, 28 yeah. years no, old. No, they have no idea. Who are these idiots? In a past life, he was himself. If opportunity knocks and he's not home. Opportunity waits. He gave his father the talk. He is 
the most interesting man in hockey. How'd that talk go with your father, by the way? What talk? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even listen to his thing. Uh, the one, the only, from the fourth period.com. Our pal, Dennis Bernstein. Hockey, my friend. Kings, Golden yes. Knights, the Kitty Corps went at it yesterday. How about you? Are you ready to... Rock and roll? Are you? Are you? Are we going to be playing a game of Where's Waldo? Or are you still easing back into it? Or are you guys bouncing all over creation? No, it's training camp for media too, right? So um, here, here's the plan. I think um, pending pending what's going on in Canada, when LA goes to uh, Mon- Montreal and Toronto uh, in November, I plan on making that trip. Uh, certainly the All Star Game, which is without whatever. Gifting suite there. You've been in our gifting suites before. So not a ton of travel of the Bat BB. And I, I'm, I'm waiting and seeing because even it's funny you mentioned if we're going to travel because I was playing on in November on Sunday night after the, the Titans-Rams game taking the red eye. Um, I get a notification on my phone from United Airlines that Air Canada moved the flight back from 11.59 at night till 7.30 a.m. the next day. They moved the flight seven and a half hours, which would get me in Toronto at 3 o'clock for a 7.30 game, so I'm not going to – I just said – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the scheduling. But I, I do plan to go on the road a bit. And, you know, it's funny. I'm surprised, surprised, Dennis. I, w- yeah. I would have penciled you and Dave Pignota. I would have penciled you guys in for the Olympics. No, 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 no chance. I, I, I'm, first of all, I'm not a fan of the Olympics. I don't understand why they're going. I mean, you want to talk about doing the right thing from respect to you know what's going on in the world right yeah, now. Well, we're on all board the atrocities with you. going, yeah, going on all the atrocities going on in, in China right now with respect to Muslims and the like. I, I don't know why people are turning away. And I, and to be honest, with you, they're still out there. So I'm not totally convinced because I don't think the players understand what kind of like testing they're going to have to go through, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be an enjoyable situation. But I, I never thought about the Olympics. I would much prefer because um, I was there in 2016. They did do the World Cup of Hockey. That was a lot of fun. Remember the under twenty three team? Sure, in Toronto. So there's ways to promote this game without going yeah, over. I hear and oh yeah, it, it's, you know, it's the time zone. It's, it's delayed. Who's getting up at four o'clock in the morning to watch Finland and Sweden play? I mean, it just there's so many different reasons. But now we, I, I, it was never on my radar. In fact, I would much prefer to go to the World Championships, but they're in the midst of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That would be my which is uh, always my goal. which is mm-hmm. you know it's okay it's it's a tournament. But it's not the world champion. The best players aren't playing. I mean, I you know yeah. I don't know how. how but you, it's fun. Like last year, no, it's a like, it's uh, fun. It is. It's a great in Riga, Latvia. It's beautiful, and they always pick some nice European lo- locale to to stay in. So that that would be my to and just to do the world juniors as well. You know, that's another thing. That but it's funny. Hey, be glad yeah, there's the yeah. world. Be glad there's a world championship. Like, um, yeah, like last year, like like for the Sabers. Owen Power was on the Canadian team. He's getting like nine minutes a game. They get all these injuries. Gallant gives them 25 minutes a game. This kid grows up right in front of his eyes and helps them win a gold. That's a cool thing. And honestly, the World Championships, don't ever forget this one, Stevie. Thank God Shea Theodore went to the World Championships because he was. Right. they were doing the, the, the drug testing. Yeah. And you know, found out the spot of the cancer for him, right. and thank God for him. I mean, what a blessing that was for the Shea Theodore. Yeah, and no, BB, with respect to traveling, it, it depends. Like we were in Arizona, me and John Hoven were in Arizona, and we walked into the. It was it was yesterday morning. We walked into the Colorado San Jose 
um, game at, at the practice facility in Scottsdale. We walk in and we put masks on and stuff like that. And I'm looking around and I turn to John, like we're standing in the 10 minutes. I go, John, we're the only people wearing masks here. Maybe you want to take them off. So it depends where you are. In Arizona, it's very, very different than in California, where I've been told that it's going to be we have to wear a mask, we have to distance ourselves six feet from any team personnel, like players or coaches. So it's going to be, I don't know, it's still a very strange world with respect to media. And that's on top of the fact that we had a meeting, a PHWA meeting, where Frank Cervelli, the president of the PHWA, told us the league told him that they wanted us in locker rooms, um, they'd have to be vaccinated, we'd have to be, and more masks. And when you talk to the teams, it's a very different situation. So I don't think you're going to see a situation where in rooms, I think we'll see what we do, what the NFL does like, where you have guys no, come they're, out of the they're, room. No, they're bringing, they them to to a, a, they're bringing them to a podium. That's what that's what's going to happen. And that, that'll be, yeah. I think, yeah. Which the, is fine. Yeah. But the way last year. it is, the, the one thing for people that cover the teams, and I'd say for fans too, depending on what shows you listen to or what articles you read or what newspaper you get, you know, the fans lose out on this stuff because when they throw them out on a podium, you basically, and and, and even before the pandemic, I will say this, I was always like, this is not right. I'm sorry this game has gone the wrong way. Or after a Golden Knights game, like three guys, you know, Flurry would sit down. Two of the guy who scored a goal had a goal and two assists, and another guy. Three guys would come in, forty media members, and everybody's mm-hmm. getting the same quotes from the same right. three guys. You're not covering the team. You, you know, nobody's. You know, you can't go and do your own thing or have a right. sidebar story. I'm sorry, Agreed. the the fans in the game loses for that, and the teams are perfectly comfortable with it being the Kremlin, and it's stupid. All right, I feel yeah. better. No, no, you're right. You can't, you can't build relationships this way, right? Now, I have previous relationships before COVID uh, with players on the team, but for the new kids coming up, and I mean, look, look, the standard procedure was you talk to a guy and say, hey, you know, by the way, would you mind if I get your number or text you something from, you know, we can correspond back and forth. And players are great. They don't mind. They don't care. But you, you're, you're right. It's a disservice to them because you're not going to get – those robust stores. You're not going to be able to go in depth with anybody because you're right. The information is going to be standard vanilla, you know, press conference responses. It's not going to be detailed stuff. Now, if you have a more robust um, coach like Todd McClellanus who gives long answers, that's great. But if you have guys with sure answers, and I and I know and VGK is not a is not a media friendly franchise at this point, which is to me kind of stunning given the way the given. No, I mean, I, I don't understand. And it's not just these guys. Other teams do the same stuff. But I, I just don't understand that you're sitting there like, you say there wasn't a pandemic, that you'd go and there'd be three guys in the room, then you go to the visitor's room, and they're all strutting around. Like, how is there right. not some yep. uniformity here? Where's the sure. league? Where the hell's the league? Well, the league says that it's up to individual teams, because I think some of the concern was, here's the concern that I, that I understand about, like, right in the now, right now, is that it's not really the lot, it's, what goes on at the event level, right? Because you have media, you have players, you have players' wives and families all mixing. So it's, a, it's like a mixed zone. And my guy in L.A. brought me up a good, brought up a good point. He goes, Dan, okay, so what happens if you want to cover the Kings in St. Louis? And you get on a plane, you fly commercially, and then you walk into the 
Blue's room and you contacted somebody on the plane who had COVID or whatever. How do they monitor all that? So I, I, I get there's reasoning behind it. And the concern is, how do you treat visiting media who's coming in from Canada or from any other place in the U.S.? So there is concern about that because you do want to keep the players healthy and positive. Well, but it, maybe you flip. I, you know, but let me just but I, I flipped that with the fact that I turn on the TV every Saturday, BB, and I see 80,000 and 100,000 fans, and 99% of them don't have masks on. Hopefully, most of them are vaccinated. It's a gong and show. so, how do you like? So, how do you like say you can't like be close to a coach or a player when this is going on in sports every single day? So it's I it's listen, bud. I'm changing. telling you, and it's just, it's a completely different. You know, I don't even know how the hell we got on this topic, but I've said this before. This is not about me or other media members. I swear, it's like in terms of covering a team and fans love to hear from guys and players. It's a different era. I get it's a different era, but it's, it's to me, it's just sheer stupidity. And you know, I'll here. I'll give mm-hmm. you a perfect example. All right, yeah, it's a different era. But say thirty years ago, the Sabers. I'm covering the Sabers, and I'm at their final practice before they go on a five-game Western road trip. Okay, nobody gets access to these guys. Like now, they protect these guys. You know, you, you always got to go right. through the staff. But, yep, Dennis, I used to stand at the door. They're coming off the ice. I'd get eight guys as they're coming off the mm-hmm. ice. I'd do eight interviews. I so when I'm doing, on, I'm on TV at the time. So I have right. eight interviews. I've got sound bites and things that I can play. You know, four days later when they're in Edmonton. I've got, you know, I've got a way to cover the team when they go on a five-game road trip. Nah, sorry, that, that ship has sailed. You know, you, oh, go, yeah. you go on the road, that bye-bye, they're going to see you. No, you know, and I don't know, I just don't think, I don't think any team does themselves or their fans a service by hiding these guys. I don't, I don't understand it. And it's not, it's not just Vegas. Yeah. It's not just Vegas. No, no, it's not. No, no, look, when the guy go in the room for the Kings game, they, they, we... The room opens, and there's two or three guys in there. Now, it's usually Kopitar or, you know, Dowdy or Brown or whatever, but it's, they're not all – they're not regularly available. And, you know, it's – I don't know how you fight City Hall because the league has got – they say <laughs> all these things. Now, maybe the paradigm's just a little bit because you've got ESPN and TNT now. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think anything's going to change it. And I think that they can use this as a reason to – No, and you know, well, Dennis, they'll go, no, Dennis, they'll go the wrong way. They'll go the wrong way with this, and you know they will. They'll give preferential treatment to their partner. You know, you mm-hmm. know that yeah. they're going to go the wrong way yeah. with it. They're they're, they're not. Yeah. You know, all these all these outlets, fans want to hear from these guys, and and I yep. and I said you can you can re- relate to this. Stevie can relate to this. You know, back in the day, and we had that discussion before. Exactly, what does that mean? <laughs> like, you know, what's the how actual, far back? How far back is what back is in the day? day? But I mean. Where referees, you know, had hair and faces, and you know, and and players didn't wear helmets. These guys are like robots, you know. I mean, no, you don't see their flowing locks, or you know, you, one of the charms of a game was going to the game and going, "Oh God, not Kerry Fraser. Oh, not Bruce Hood." You know, right, right. They, these three guys in pinstripes are skating around in circle. I don't have a referees program. <laughs> yeah, well, the only guy is uh, is Wes McCauley. 
Yeah. Because he's so distinctive with his call. But I, I think that they want uniformity. They want they want it. Look, they always want to promote the shield, right? That the shield on the front, of the, not the name on the back. And, it, and the sport lends itself towards that because of the mentality of the players. This is the essential, the, the, I think, the, the ultimate team sport because it's never the biggest stars aren't about themselves. They're about the team. It's about winning a Stanley Cup, so I think that's that's part of it as well. Is that these guys don't really want to brand themselves, or they're not good at it, or they just don't care. They just want to play hockey, so they're not conditioned to do with media. So I think it's it, this just adds to it. But yeah, and I think to your original point, I think the fans lose out with respect to let restrict to me. And now I get it, I understand it. But once and BB, you're right. Like when things trend in one direction, they never go back the other way. Oh. So that's the one concern I have. Even you know when I'm done with this game and pass it on to the next generation like what happens do you have you know will you have the access or will be very very limited because it doesn't serve this sport especially in the states very well you got to promote your league to grow your league dennis i i I don't get why bettman doesn't stand up here more and 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 allow access these players love to do this they'll talk to you so So, some will well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I would say most. I would say most hockey players mm-hmm. don't have a problem with you interviewing them. You know, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is. That, they have and that, that, and that, that. That's enough content, and and, and get those. There, there are so many really cool personalities in this league. Get that out there. That draws more interest to your league. I I, I just don't get why. I, on yeah. the on the one hand, I do understand. Well, Look, Belichick, I think, started this, and it's it's in all sports now where everything is kept in-house for their purposes. But for the league's purpose, get these personalities out there. Well, and on top of that, like the, the nonsense, Dennis, like, you know, locker room clean-out day. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. they're going right. golfing. You know, you'll see in three and a half, four months in a normal year. So what was it? Oh, I had a lower body injury. Please. You know, you know even yeah. after the fact? Yeah, you yeah, know, no. so, I mean, it's the wrong. LA, they, they tell you like there's going to be surgery. But back to Stevie's point, yes, the league wants that to happen. But what happens is the trickle down effect is like, okay, we want media in the room if you're masked and have and fully vaccinated, right? But then what they do is when they operationally, they leave it up to the individual teams. So what do you think Lou Lamarillo is going of to do? Of course, you think Lou's going to let anybody in the room? Like he's going to use that as a vehicle to restrict access. Uh, and he's not, and he's not breaking any rules because no. of the protocols uh, that we're in. So that's that's the that's the dilemma. The league, I think, Stevie does want that, but then they hand it off to the individual teams and say, "Well, you know, it's going to be up to you to figure it out." And honestly, I don't. Like you said, I don't even know why we started this. And it it, it has nothing to do with Dennis or Stevie or me or it, it's about no. the, it's about the good of the the game and the fans and and. And whatever. So turn the page. By the way, I wanted to one cycle back to the Olympics, Dennis. Have you heard anything in terms of like what is an eleventh hour drop dead date for them to say? Yeah, upon further review, we're not doing this. I think it's like December, or well, I think it might be even January, because it's in February. I think it's it's relatively close to when they have to go over, but I think there is still runway to make a decision not to go. But it had to be a pretty convincing argument with respect to what's going on in Beijing and with COVID to I think to get the players off that horse right now. But there is there is still time. It's like it doesn't have to be, let's say, by opening night. 
right? It, it, it would it would linger, I think, into into 2022, probably a few weeks before they have to get on planes and and go and and pass through the quarantine and things like that. By the way, just noticed or saw Jim Hewson, 42 years up in Canada, phenomenal hockey announcer. Yes. Dozen Stanley Cups, uh, two World Series, two Olympic Games, and the funny thing is, people around here may say, or, or you know, down south of the border, uh, you know, never heard the guy, saw the guy. He is the guy. Actually, he was on the um, EA Sports. He 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 was the voice of the the hockey video yeah. game for a lot of years. Phenomenal announcer. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and uh, for a long time he was the Vancouver announcer, and he was in the West. But I always enjoyed his call, and he's been around there forever. So, yeah, uh, he just, you know, it, it looked plus, you know, you got to go back on the road. And after being, I, I think what's happened with some of the broadcasters, maybe it's that they actually like not having to travel, especially probably the older cats, that like, okay, I can just stay home, maybe just go to the arena um, and make the call from there. So I think that's part of it, is that if you're going to have to get back on the road, some people just, they just don't want it. So it's, it just comes down to that. All right, so Bettman has uh, come up with some uh, ideas on how to uh, deal with COVID in regards to the media. How about in regards to teams and in regards to travel, in particular in and out of Canada? Any any edicts there uh, from the NHL for the upcoming season? No, I think they're good to go. I think the one thing with Canada, Stevie, is that you're not going to have filled buildings. You're still going to have maybe some places, 7,500, 5,000, 10,000. I don't think anybody to start the season is going to be full, which, you know, for a league that really, you know, wants full buildings everywhere, I don't think that's going to be the case in Canada. But I don't think there's going to be any travel restrictions as long as you're fully vaccinated. But I assume there's going to be more testing. Like if I go to – if I choose to go to Canada in November, I'm going to have to get a PCR test within 72 hours of getting on that plane and show it with, along with my passport and my vaccination card. So there's going to have to be a lot of testing done in the league, but there's nothing that I know that won't allow that will uh, prevent either U.S. teams going to Canada or Canadian teams coming here to the States. You say as long as you're fully vaccinated, does every player in the NHL but, have to well, be? Hey, by the way, in that regard, yeah. did you see this one, Dennis? Blue Jackets, Zach Ronaldo, who is yeah, not Zach vaccinated, yep. is not being invited to training camp because okay. he's not vaccinated. All right. What, what does the NHLPA do about this? If anything, Nothing. he's going to stop. He's, he's going to go to the AHL. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to the AHL. But no, he can't play in the league if he's not fully vaccinated. All right. It's as simple as that. That's the rule. So, and and look, if you want, the, the thing is with him is that he's got a three hundred thousand dollar guarantee to play in the AHL. I'd play in the AHL for three hundred thousand dollars. So it depends. It's just a guy who, I, I look. I disagree with that. I think it's stupid. But if that's a personal choice that he wants to make and he's allowed to make it, then fine. But, you know, don't you have to be vaccinated to play in the NFL these days? So I, I don't I don't I don't I don't get it, but again it's still a free country the last time I checked and it's not mandatory. And again, we'll be watching this thing, you know, different jurisdictions, different rules. It's kind of been the nature of this whole thing. And you know, we'll see again when you go to certain arenas, uh, availability, how it shakes out. The one thing I would watch for Dennis, we've seen breakthrough cases. Uh, the NFL, for the most part, seemed like their biggest issues were in training camp and preseason. Mm-hmm. And we, we're down to the point where there's, you know, an individual here or there. Yeah, hockey players, hockey locker rooms. 
I, I, you know, I, I pray that we're not, we don't get what happened to the Devils, the Sabers, uh, right. who else? Vancouver, Vancouver. Yeah, were, were those yeah. the, those were the three worst, right? That sounds right. And and wasn't Dallas too? Dallas at the beginning of the year, yes. At the very beginning of the season, yeah. I mean, I I believe we'll see, you know, individuals. Yeah, yeah. That's what's happening in baseball right now. It's still happening in baseball. You'll get a player or two on a team. But hockey locker rooms, man, I swear to you, I had the Perel out five Mm -hmm. years ago walking in there. I mean, hockey locker rooms are, I don't know, for whatever reason, just seem to be a... A different well, not anymore. All these buildings, they're all the home locker rooms are Heated? spacious and okay. beautiful. Yeah, I mean they're all new buildings. But I don't know, buddy. I mean, it's something we're going to be dealing with. I don't. No, I don't think we're going to have. I don't think we're going to have COVID nineteen go through ten players. Now, now the one concern that they have is they may have a taxi squad for goaltenders, right? So that that might be. But it's going to be twenty three man rosters now. Like now, back to like. Will they or won't they play in Beijing? Uh, I'm just going through some notes here. It's basically, if there was a material disruption to the NHL season, that would trigger the ability to withdraw. All oh, right, I heard about that. So, in right? other words, so, if, if there are enough games that kind of get postponed or moved back or yeah, whatever, then correct. they would consider, okay, I got you. Yep, yep, exactly. Or COVID conditions get really worse, you know, that would, you know, if it becomes unpractical or unsafe to go to the Olympics, then the NHL and PA would have to agree that, that what impractical unsafe is, but there would be an out. So only uh, uh, the only like worst case scenario where I don't think we're going to be canceling games, but it gets right. if it does get to that, um, then at that point I think that the Olympics will come off the table. How excited are you that you know we're dealing with 82 games again and all the things? Like Van, I think Vancouver is a team I want to keep tabs on this year because they got thrown to the wolves, you know, playing yeah. in the Canadian division. Hey, they're the ones that had to do all the travel. That, that was, okay, draw a line through that. I think they got some good young players. Garland goes up there, like Halak and Demko. Okay, that's a team I can make a case for. But travel, Dennis, three games in four nights, all the things that are part of a normal 82-game schedule It'll be fun to get back to that. It seems like an eternity ago. It does, and I love it, and it's great. And I don't mind if Columbus comes to Los Angeles on a Tuesday night. I'm going to that game, right? And I think that the players – and the players are conditioned to play 82 games. They want to play that. So they want to be on the, they want to play hockey for six months without interruption. So I think everybody's excited about it. And I think when you look at the – I've said this a couple of times. When you look at the top three teams, and I consider Vegas, Colorado, and Tampa Bay – I think you can make an argument that all three of them aren't as good as they were last year. Certainly Tampa can't be. I'm not saying they can't go with three-peat, but when you take out that entire third line and they're all on different teams now, and Vegas, I mean, who knows if they chose the right goalie, Revo left, and Colorado, you know, Vegas punched them in the face the last time I checked and lost four straight. So, to me, I think it's wide open. I really, really think, even though those three, two team, three teams I mentioned are powerful, I think this race is wide open. I team I love a team like Florida. I really do. And remember, they gave Tampa a rough not as rough time as the Islanders gave them, but they would play the tough six game series. They, they got to figure out their goaltending, but they play without Aaron Eckblad, who's their best defenseman. And I just like like the Sam Reinhardt trade. I love that. But I think one of the things, BB, is that we're going to open up training camp, and Tarasenko and Eichel are going to be with the Blues and Sabers, which to me is 
kind of a stunning development. If you'd asked me six weeks ago if either one of those guys would be there with their team on the open training camp, I would have said, oh, hell no, that's not going to happen. I would personally like to think, um, and um, it's wishful thinking, that this works out for Buffalo. I think, I think he reports for the physical, probably fails the physical, they put him on LTIR, and then they say, go ahead, you can have your surgery. And let him have it. And then if this guy, and then he's a highly motivated cat for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. When, when he comes back, A, he wants out. B, he wants to play in the Olympics. So if he comes back and he plays really good in the long haul, if that goes well medically, I think the Sabres win out on this thing because the price of poker goes through the roof. Oh, yeah, because then you get assurances that the guy can play, and that's that's one of the... And, 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 and timing-wise, Dennis, if, if he, say he comes back and... You put him on the big rink. If he goes over and he lights up the Olympics, what do they get for him at the deadline? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're going to get max value is what they're going to get. And, and but, but, again, as we've talked about, this can't linger past the season because then there's no movement clause clicks in, and then you don't want, you don't want this player to have more control. And, and I would have thought that having Papasong now as his agent from CA would have had some traction, but I don't think there's any traction in the decision made on the – uh, on the medical procedure, on, on what to do. I think the, the Sabres medical staff, as I understand it, still want him to do a neck fusion. He wants to do the disc replacement surgery. So, I mean, I, I would have thought that Pat would have smoothed things over and handled things, and he's a powerful guy, and maybe talked to some teams about potential trades. But it looks like there's still an impasse at this yeah, point in time. But, but you're right, BB. I think once we get to training camp, he's going to have to do a medical, and, and then you'll have to, you know, you have to make a decision then. And the easy, an easy answer would be. No, we're going to back you into a corner, and there are questions about the guy, so they don't want to meet what the asking price is. That being said, is the rest of the league not saying that the Sabres are right with their skepticism to let him have this surgery? Because if people were thinking, well, the Sabres are being patently unfair about not letting him have that surgery, someone would say, let's go for it, let's get him, get the surgery done, and he's ours. And nobody's stepping up to the plate. Is it more the hand of poker they're playing, or is the rest of the league saying, no, the Sabres are right, that's a risky surgery? Well, it's it's in their, it's their right to tell him that he can't do the surgery, right? He, they're his employer, and they said, you can't do that surgery, that's fine. But at some point in time, there's going to have to be some resolution, and I, I agree with you. I think once you get to camp and you do a physical, and you fail a physical because of your neck, then, like, what's next? Like, but we've been waiting for what's next for a long time because clearly one thing, maybe, like the the rehab and the rest didn't solve this issue. Could you right? imagine so they, if he, could you imagine if he passes the physical? <laughs> that'd be incredible. I know, that's, but that's what's stopping teams because hey, I I look, you know what I feel about that player. I know people talk about his character, but this guy, when he's healthy, uh, he's 35, 45. I remember, what was it, two, three seasons ago when he carried that team on his back. You think, you know, Dennis, you think I want to give up? I watch every one of their games. I got no life. Yeah. You think I want to give this guy up? You know, I mean, it's, no. it's, it's, it's a treat to watch and be entertained yeah. and the stuff he can do. So if you're giving him up, you damn well better get half a team yeah. back. 
All right. That, yeah, well, he made, he made Jeff Skinner a rich man. He yeah. got a $72 million contract because of Jack Eichel, without question. But, yeah, look, they, and we talked about this. They can't blow this. Now, I know it's a different general manager. They can't blow this like they blew the Ron O'Reilly trade. And the Kane trade. Get it. And the Kane trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, can't, you can't do it. You, you have to get this one right, or else it's going to set you back another three to five years, and maybe it's another general manager who's making the call on the next trade they have to make. But they really, they desperately need to get this right. So give us the lowdown, the kitty camp and uh, the games and, and running around there. First of all, what's, what's the deal with Bifeld? Um, upper body injury day to day. Not really sure. What, what, did it, um, what happened? Was, did you see it? I don't know. I didn't even see it. I, I, you know, it's funny because he didn't, he wasn't a development camp. He was on development camp for like one day and then hurt, hurt his foot and which was a lingering injury. So now he's all, he's all banged up. So that's part of the issue. Turcotte looked good. Oh, look, BB, I'm not a prospects guy, but the one takeaway for me is that BB, there are a lot of big shots at that. Everybody like the Vegas crew, McPhee. McCrimmon, everybody was there. In L.A., it, Blake, Robitaille, Mike McClellan, everybody's there. Everybody's watching. There were scouts, there were scouts from Tampa Bay there. Like, so it, it's a Well, you got to tell, tell me. I mean, there better have been five scouts from the Sabres there if the Golden Knights, <laughs> the Kings, and the Ducks are the teams they're all talking about. I was only there for two games, and I spent you know one of my afternoons at the uh, the Cardinals Vikings game, so I didn't really get that much. But I think, look, I saw the Vegas Kings game, and I'll tell you this one thing: these two franchises, even at the AHL level, do not like each other. There, there is they, they do not like there. I won't cool. use hatred, but there's really and there was a good scrap with the the kid Primo and one of the kids on the uh, Kings uh, McNeely. And Primo let his guard down, and the kid threw one left and knocked him down and took him by. But Primo's a big kid, 6'5". Krebs look good. Um, I like the Chica kid. He, he's not going to be a big offensive player, but he moved the puck well. So Vegas, now they have, you know, I know they started last year with the uh, – with the Hurricanes, but uh, with the Henderson, but they have they have some decent prospects on the ice now, which you know is what you, as great as the team is, you know, the varsity is. You need the the JV and the freshman teams to be better. And it was an entertaining game. It was three to two. I don't pay too much stock in scores and stuff like that. You're looking at individual players, but there's some talent now at the lower levels for Vegas. That's cool because I was concerned about that, Dennis. It's not surprising that there's a lot of people at these things. They haven't been able to watch these kids for a year and a half now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That it was. It was pretty. I mean, just the eyes, the 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 professionals around the league that are watching, and there's other tournaments going on. I think in Michigan and stuff like that. But to me, it was kind of shocking to see like every like a lot of important people are, are keeping eyes on these kids, and it was a, it was a good tournament. I mean, you had six teams uh, playing either at Gila River or at the the Ice Den in Scottsdale. So it's a uh, you know it was limited fan of tennis. I think it was 200 or something like that. But it was. Uh, Good to see. To Stevie's point, GMs and scouts and all these people are there, and great point that really in person. Like, ha- Dennis, some of these draft picks, these guys were meeting them last week. You know, they, it was all Zoom stuff. Yeah. Uh, yep. I wonder I wonder if it prompts in the next week to 10 days, even this as camps really just get going, if – is there a, a mini flurry of moves? Like maybe nothing outlandish? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think that you, the moves you would see would be the back end, right? The closer we get to October 12th, 
right, guys on PTOs that are going to get released. Guys who are, you know, I think you'll see, look, just the way the league is, I think you'll see one or two identifiable names on waivers once we get to open, you know, right before opening night. So that, that week of the opening week of the 12th and the 14th for the games, I think you'll see some teams get waived because, again, the salary cap issues you have, and some of these prospects, if they come through, they're entry-level deals. So you might have some of the teams that, the teams that are in a cap crunch is fine. Do I think there's going to be trades? Even with the economic conditions, BB, I don't see trades being made. I just think that, that there might be some players on the waiver wire that you might not expect that will be on the waiver wire, uh, given the, the cap situation by some of these teams. Dennis, um, where was that going with this? Oh, uh, in, in, in regards to deals, any word out of Minnesota on Kaprizov? Anything at all? Nope, there's no word on Kaprizov, there's no word on Brady Kachuk, there's no word on Pedersen or Hughes in Vancouver. There's just not because, look, the bell hasn't gone off, Stevie. Like, when these teams report to camp at the end of this week, then the bell goes off, right? Because then basically you've got, what, three weeks before opening night. And, you know, Pedersen, I think, is skating in Michigan. He's not even skating in Vancouver. Um, and But, no, I think with, with – the Kaprizov thing is weird because it's not about the money; it's about term. It's right. not about the term. There's some rumor that he got offered nine over nine million over uh, per for eight years, and he turned it down because he didn't want to tie his fate to Minnesota for for eight years. So, but every time you hear Billy Guerin interviewed, he sounds confident. He doesn't sound yeah, like I know. He's panicking. I know. So either a great poker player, or it's legit, and they're going to find. Uh, look, the thing with with Kaprizov that's different than everybody else is he's over in Russia. It's going to take him time to get over here. That he's got to get right. Exactly, he's got quarantine. Plus, it's either KHL or the NHL. He doesn't have any other options. Right. right? He can't. He can't. He's not offer sheeted or whatever. So I think that's part of the issue. So to me, I, I think Kaprizov. I, I, I know he loves playing in the league. He had a great season. He wants to play at the in in the most elite league in the world, which is clearly the NHL. But you know, he maybe wants to do three to five years. And I, I look, I don't blame Billy Guerin. I saw that guy play live last year. I'd want him for eight years too. Yeah. I got no problem with him digging in his heels. But I think once we get to training camp, the, the sense of urgency gets dialed up. Like right now, in the moment, right today, there's no real urgency. Then at training camp, you go, okay, how do we devise our roster? If he's not their sign to start the season, who do we have to replace him? They don't have anybody to replace him, obviously, but you start looking at your depth chart and stuff like that. So while there might be some conversations here, right, I think now we're too close to training camp that you're going to see these big deals done. I think we've got to get into training camp. These players will get signed eventually. They'll, they'll wind up playing. But, um, yeah, it's just it's, it's a little if... disconcerting. Those are big names. Man, yeah. we, t- we just mentioned four big names in this league, four stunk parts, and it's the structure. You know, Steve, there's no, there's no middle ground here, right? You know, you could do a bridge deal, but nobody does bridge deals anymore. It's either, you know, like you want long-term deals, you want big money, so that's the structure. And the structure with respect to the league, when there's no, when you're coming off your entry-level contract and you have no arbitration rights, this is what happens. There's, there's really nothing to do except try to play poker and try to hold out and try to bluff the other side and try to get the best deal you can. If if I'm Garen though, I, I got to be really careful playing poker because in that division you don't want to get off to a bad start. In, in my oh, mind, yeah. especially since Chicago. I mean, the word is is that Taves looks great. He's in great shape. He's ripped. Um, Chicago. Look at all the additions they made. Right, Taves is coming back. They get 
They get Seth Jones. Flurry, they add Flurry to the team. Like they look to be a playoff team. Colorado's in that division. Right? Yeah, that's a tough decision. St. Louis is probably going to be pesky. But yeah, and the thing with Minnesota, Stevie, is that um, you want to. They had a really. I mean, look, they played Vegas damn top, right? So, I mean, like you want to build off that. You've got a platform now. Billy Garen did a great job rebuilding his team in basically one season because he bring in he brought in a dynamic player. You have a platform now. You want to build off that platform and keep on doing good things. And you're right, this is going to be te- like you've probably got five teams coming out of the Central in the playoffs and probably three in the Pacific because I don't think much of the Pacific. But, yeah, if they fall behind early, it's going to be tough because that's going to be a brutal division this year. I really like the coach there, Everson. And, and, and Kaprizov, yes. he's, he's the straw that stirs that drink, man. They, they, they are a question. completely different team with him on the ice, completely different. They were, they were a boring-ass team two seasons ago, and they just made an exciting team and, and made Erickson a better player. And, you know, they let, you know, Suter and Parisi go. But, yeah, I, I think that they're a comer. They, I don't think – look, they don't have the talent of Colorado, but who does? But, yes, they have – they are a nice team. And before – I used to joke, that was a team that – they're a nice team, and you're going to beat them in the playoffs in five or six games. It's going to give you trouble. This is a much more dynamic team right now. Uh, but they have to have this player there to make that happen. Or – they're going to be another boring team again. But I just, you know, I remember they had Alex Gogoleski. They held on to Matt Dumba. But so, yeah, there's some really good vibes going on in Minnesota. But you have to have Kaprizov and Alana from day one. All right, kid. Let's let's get the skinny here. I'm assuming you and the mayor getting back on the beam. We got the uh, mm-hmm. NHL Network deal. What uh, what's what's the menu? Okay. Okay, so, well, with respect to Kings of the Podcast, we actually did a photo shoot. Oh, I saw down. that. I yeah. saw that. No, 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 you didn't see. Yeah, well, yeah, you saw that. You're, but you're one of the few. It's, not it's cool. No, it's yet. really good. Yes. Hey, yes. you know what? At least visually, your act would play in medieval times. You looked the part. That's true. Yes, well, it's King to the podcast, so 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 we have that, and I think we're going to release the images on Thursday. Uh, so we've been doing some, um, but we're going to have probably Rob Blake and Tom McClellan on the podcast, um, probably towards the end of training camp. Um, uh, NHL Network Radio Channel ninety one. We are going to start on October second. So the actual like the the weekly programming is going to start. On the 4th, with Steve Coolius and the whole gang, that the regular roster is going to start that Monday. We're going to come on. Actually, we're going to be really the launch of the back to the regular network on October 2nd at 11 o'clock Eastern and 8 Pacific a.m. Um, so we're going to do that. And then, you know, fourth period, we're going to do a bit more video content. I'm going to be writing and, and covering the league. So that's where we stand right now. And then Dave Pagnota is going to be one of the insiders for NHL Network TV, hopefully, once uh, their season gets going. So, yeah, so we're excited about the season. And I think uh, – you know, the Kings hopefully will be a little bit better this year, so some more people will listen to the podcast. But um, we're excited about um, the season, at BB, because of what you mentioned at the top, 82 games, a full playoff, a Stanley Cup you know, winner awarded in hopefully June or early July. So we're looking forward to the whole deal. Most importantly, how is the most important cog in the entire operation? How's Patty Joe doing? Oh, she's doing great. She's absolutely doing great. Working, she's doing her thing, working full time for the family business, and she's uh, she's uh, putting up with people recognizing me in public now, saying, "Hey, your your husband's Dennis Bernstein." So I was getting a laugh out of that. Uh huh. There you go. So are we? Are you making the Where's Waldo? You're going to be doing Dodgers playoff games and. Oh yeah, yeah. We got oh, Rams. Yeah. My oh, Rams. Yeah. 
<laughs> my Rams. Oh, that's a big game Sunday. Hey, your Rams. I got to tell you. I gotta, let me tell you something, buddy. Sure. Take the win and run. Your Rams. Oh, yeah. The Colts should have won that game by 17. Now, you talk about. Yeah. Uh, come on, man. Come on. You first to go at the one, then the next possession, you throw a good pick defense. at the three. Oh, stop. Good yeah, defense. It's, it's Carson Wentz. He treats the football Brooks, like it's no. a hand grenade. Reader was scattered that play. He knew that play was coming. And listen, 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 I'll give you the one, the one takeaway. The first time Tom Brady will ever play in Los Angeles will be Sunday. He's never played oh, a game hey, in Los Angeles. Hey, real quick, how did they? You were telling me about it. Uh, did they get the how the parking thing go at SoFi? Oh, great! I was out of there. Bears sell out seventy thousand people. I was out of there in twenty minutes after the game. Wow. Well, that's good. Fantastic. They figure that stuff out. Doesn't take long. Oh, an amazing! It was an amazing experience opening night, buddy. This was an amazing experience. We love when you do this with us. Thanks, pal. Thank the Malibu okay. operator for me. <laughs> we'll do, BBTV. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Dennis Bernstein, the fourth period.com, as good as it gets. He's the most amazing man in hockey. The most interesting man in hockey. Yeah, he's pretty amazing, amazing too. Interesting yeah. in the whole deal. All that. He's the most something. <laughs> uh, TC's coming up next. Thinking of your ballpark. Great job, Stevie. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Subject. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Hope you have a great day. We will play it back again tomorrow. I think Steve Carp uh, is coming in tomorrow, Thursday. We're at the Super Bowl.